Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to the Jump Time Over podcast. Pre-Trade Week 2017, we're coming to you from Wayne Jackson Studios. My name is Michael Chamberlain and joining me is a man who has been banned from listening to NAB's Trade Radio. It's Adam Rosenbachs. I wanted to get involved. I love Trade Week. I love pre-Trade Week. I didn't even know it was a thing. but it's a You love digital radio too. I do love digital radio. The AFL do some of the best digital radio available. And I thought, as I was listening to Trade Radio, I was listening to Purple, he was nailing it. They're mm-hmm. talking to managers, Liam Pickering. He got blindsided. Didn't even know Gary Ablett wanted to leave. Anyway, I rang in. He had the Gold Coast contract in his hand. In his hand. He's got one more year. Didn't think he was going to break it. I rang in. Firstly, they didn't even know there was talkback lines. And I requested a song. Mm-hmm. I requested More Than a Feeling by Boston. Mm-hmm. Wasn't well received. They yep. said, mate, stop calling in. Then the next morning I rang in and said, is the secret sound? No one wanting to go to car. Is that the secret sound? And they said, mate, you're banned, you're done. It's all over. Forget it. Do they take calls? I haven't listened to it that much because yeah. basically you just read the articles that... Uh, I've been in an internet dead hole, uh, the black hole this week, so I was kind of tethering off my phone, so I had to be very careful with my data, so I didn't get to hear any of it this week. You know there's good there's good packages out there, Michael. You can get more than uh, one meg of, of data yeah, these days. Yeah, I, I want to pay... Oh, yeah. <laughs> but no, no, radio would chew it up. And they're big, big personalities, so you get... Well, that, that is true. No, I... Oh, got megabytes. But basically... I don't know if anyone listens but journalists and then they just convert it into articles yeah, that we gotcha. all read. So gotcha. I don't listen to the actual shows. I just I just do the catch-up. Because one of my favourite bits about Trade, trade Radio mm. is... Well, sorry, Trade Period. Uh, the people who call into SEN with their mail. Oh, a lot of people... Everyone got... You know, they know a guy who knows a guy who knows yeah. a butcher who told him, you know, Gary Ellett's coming and, yeah, Selwood, Selwood's going to the Suns. He will do that. That kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. it'd be a straight swap. We have a very special guest here, Adam. I'm holding his hot little book right in my hand. Please welcome, uh, I'd have to say welcome on stage, yep. Titus O'Reilly. How are you, Titus? I'm very well, very well. And uh, you got to save that data. got to save it for videos when you're on the road. Well, that is, that is very true. He was in a, uh, Michael was in a flat in Brisbane. Uh, he was doing the Brisbane comedy, comedy run, would you Comedy circuit, yeah, sit-down comedy club, yeah. Yeah. So he makes it sound like he was in Outback Australia. He was in Brisbane. <laughs> Brisbane. Yeah. No, I know, but there's no phone, there's no Wi-Fi, there's no anything there. Yeah. No, it's tough. Just humidity. Yeah. I, did, I did that club recently. Oh, okay, yeah. Oh, yeah, there's, there's yeah. and what I like about it, if people haven't been there, is it's got a very high stage. Mm. Do you like that? Are you saying that? No, I don't. Well, what I found funny is I finished, you know, my show and... Of course, it was just a killer. Yeah. And, uh, you know, came off stage. And the, the coming off stage bit is in front of the toilets. That's right. Oh, yeah. So yeah. I got into one of those dances of trying to go around <laughs> someone, which is not the best sort of triumphant coming off stage. No. no, no when someone's trying to avoid eye contact <laughs> yeah. and you got to step around them, it's it is, not fun. As you would know, Michael, it's people it not is wanting a, to look you in the eye because it, it was so embarrassing. It is particularly high stage, yeah. It's particularly high stage. I do wish it was maybe a foot or two shorter. How, how, did, you, how did you go up there? How was it received in Brisbane? Did you have... Chris Fagan on the show. Yeah, no, they, 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 Brisbane was fun. They were yeah. all because 
They just all started firing questions. We didn't have a Q&A section. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it was, just took it upon themselves. Yeah, well, I found when I... Because I did... I Were did you a, up there with Swanee? Yeah, no, I, don't, I was okay. up there with Gary Ablett. He was a political prisoner up yeah, there. Yeah, right. Um, no, I, was, I found that and... Ca- I did, uh, well, I did Perth, Adelaide, Melbourne, but... Brisbane and Sydney were really good because the people that come, they're starved of oh, AFL. Yeah. They're right. just, so they're they, you know, that they, they really want to, ke- they really are keyed in, and they want like they've got views that they oh. want to share. We should take junk time on the road, is what you I'm should. Hearing. It's I'd great what, fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, the Wagga, that's a New South Wales heartland. A lot yeah, of good ta- players from there. What does a Titus O'Reilly live show involve? Uh, well, this time we did. It was me doing stand up for about an hour. Uh-huh. And then Serge would come on, Sergio Paradise, who I do the podcast with, and we'd do a live podcast for about half an hour, 40 minutes. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So, yeah, it was good fun. So, uh, it was... It was just really interesting to see how much people in Brisbane were actually really into it. Now, the sit-down comedy club is at the Paddo Tavern. Yes. Now, did you go up, up late at night on a Friday or Saturday at the Paddo? So no, I think on? we were there on a Wednesday night. Well, we can still kick off on a Wednesday at the Paddo. <laughs> yeah, man, I, I missed out. I walked past and it looked interesting. <laughs> so why don't you tell us a little bit about your book? Well, it's a, it's a history of Australian sport, but it's a, what I would say is it's factually all correct, but it's taking a a lot of the bits out of the whole thing all the way through. Okay. So, so, so where do you start from? Where does the Australian... Where does, where does history start for Australian sport? Well, I cover off uh, a bit about how for tens of thousands of years, yep. you know, something that historians are doing now is acknowledging that there were some people here before yeah. uh-huh. the Europeans all yeah. showed up on a boat. Playing and, a bit uh, of Mangrook. Yeah, that's right. There was that and th- there was so many, uh, there's so many evidence of different sports Indigenous people played here, but because it was such a long period of time and there were so many different groups, it's impossible. We don't, we barely know any of them. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then the ones we do know, a lot of them come from, you know, white settlers leaving, writing down about them. And, you know, yes, how much okay. do you trust the white settlers? <laughs> a few of it all. But the one thing that comes across is the Indigenous people played a lot of sport. Uh-huh. Was there anyone at the time, like one of the first white settlers, who did like a like a really roaming Brian? Like he went <laughs> around Australia, you know, on a horse and cart. No, not quite. They okay. had a, there's, a, there's a lot of contention about whether... Australian rules, how, how much it was influenced. Mm. So you can get into almost... It's a massive debate about whether it was or not and okay. where's the evidence. And you can get in a lot of trouble. I've tried to offend all groups equally. Great. No, that, that's the best way to do it. I oh, know. I think it's inappropriate. Your photos on the back cover are... You're wearing blackface. I think that's a bit... <laughs> Is that wrong? <laughs> There's a doco I saw on the history of AFL, essentially Tom Wills. Yeah. And... That seemed to suggest that he would uh, play Margrook with local Indigenous kids. Well, the evidence, and there's people that have debated this, and I started to writing the book go down this rabbit hole a little bit and try to pull out of it a bit because I don't want to come on these people that bails you up for six hours on it. But there's some evidence that it was played in the area where he grew up and... He and so therefore people point to that and say he was obviously influenced by whether he saw them play or whether he played. But either way, he he saw it. The other school of thought is when you actually look at the meetings they had to set up the rules. He actually Wills went to rugby school mm. in England. Mm. And he was a very good cricketer and footballer, and he actually wanted to play a lot of the rules of when he was setting up Aussie rules to basically be 
the rugby rules. So there's another school of thought that actually heat didn't influence any of the components that yep. resemble any other Indigenous code or anything. So, so what you're saying is we should tear down the statue outside the MCG. <laughs> That's right, it's headed on fire. Rubbish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Tiger supporters didn't do that already? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is anything left? Yeah, disappointed if they're oh, all has, standing. Has anyone checked the G? Actually, I haven't thought about <laughs> yeah, that. That's a really good point. I walked out, I was too frightened to look back. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a bit worried when the ashes start, there'll still be the crows standing there in their staring <laughs> stuff. <laughs> there was, uh, I don't think it was in the documentary that I saw, I, 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 you might be able to look it up and find it online, but... um. Uh, I think it was the director afterwards telling a story that Tom Wills, the captain, used to work out which ball they used in the game. Yeah. And so usually it was a bit rounder. And then because so it was a lyre bird too. Yeah. <laughs> or a ma- sorry, a match too. Remember the match too? Yeah. But because it was, uh, he was a really good kicker of the rugby ball, one day he showed up with a rugby ball and said, oh, we're going to play with this one. And then eventually kind of morphed into a bit more Is that uh, right? oval shape, yeah. Remember during when they uh, would have the State of Origin in the 80s and I was always fascinated by the Burley Ball yeah. from Perth. That was always just, I don't know what it was, but it just looked different it's and you're like, weird. wow, this is... how like 25 metre lines and yeah, what's going on? Yeah, it was crazy on? over there. It's chaos, cuckoo. Yeah. <laughs> One of the things I was reading of this is when they used to originally play, both in Australia and England when it all kicked off, is it was literally made out of a pig's bladder. Yep. So whoever blew up the ball used to get really risk lung disease and oh often pass away. But they were really committed to playing. And they, and they say the boot is committed to the club. <laughs> That's right. Now it's nothing. So they used to, you know, and, and I could just imagine turning up to training and go, where's Jono? Oh, he, he blew up the ball last week. He's yeah. dead. And then I say, oh, well, who's doing it this week? And so anyway, then the rubber bladder <laughs> was introduced. Uh-huh. And uh, not the first time rubber has stopped men dying of a disease. Yes, that is very true. Is there, is there any evidence uh, that you could find in a timeline kind of basis or how far back the first time foot candy was sold? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it must be BT, surely. Do you think it yeah. is it contentious? I think 1868, I think, is uh, the first, uh, first evidence of a shake and bake. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's a good time. I was like underground handball. <laughs> Yeah. Where it just bounced on the ground. There's a lot of there's a lot of bullshit coming in. 1907 was the very first chaos ball. Yeah. And uh, 1902 <laughs> was when they had the first foot race. <laughs> it's a foot race. <laughs> now, Titus, you're a, you're a huge uh, Melbourne supporter. Yes. Let's let's just go through from uh, the, the final round. Like, were you expecting to play finals? You're sitting seventh. You're sitting comfortable, weren't you? I, I genuinely thought uh, we'd been that last month and a half. We'd been pretty cooked like we hadn't been very good they'd yeah. been the young players because Melbourne still reply, relies on people like Petrarca mm-hmm. who's 20 you know so and Clayton Oliver uh, yeah so they were sort of all a bit tired so I thought, oh, this isn't I wasn't confident but I thought we're at least going to beat Collingwood yeah you know so when it started to happen so you're obviously at that game yeah and I thought oh here we go yeah and then once they lost to Collingwood I'd, I almost discarded the West Coast one Adelaide game to be yeah, because it's a little ambitious to expect to just rush back into finals after just twelve years out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so dead, dead, dead it was bounce, they call it. That's yeah. right. So yeah. then, when when they when that was happening, and West Coast was starting to beat. Well, I knew once Adelaide would let. I think they left out Walker and was it Sloan or someone else. They left uh, out they, a couple of yeah. key. Oh, Talia, Talia and Walker weren't playing, and yeah. they were on top, and there was no way they. Yeah, could there's yeah. nothing they could do. I think GWS had lost or something. So, and so I was like, nothing this is for. this is not going to go well. Yeah. but then. And it hurt again. And only Melbourne can set up a sort of a situation where you feel like you lost twice on one weekend. <laughs> and uh, But it's a long time, 12 years. And the thing that gets me, because I was reading something about this, 
when Melbourne last played finals was the year NASA sent a probe to Pluto. No, dude. And it's now gone to Pluto. <laughs> so it's left our universe. <laughs> left our, so, so literally, it is easier. And Pluto was a planet at that time as yeah, well. Now it's no longer a planet. That's true. That is true. When it, got, when it launched, it was a Pluto. The universe and, and has literally changed. Yeah. <laughs> since so it's it's and. I don't know if you guys know this, but Pluto is really far away. Like, it's not close. It's 4.4 yeah. 4 billion kilometres away. Well, it's which 11 is, years away. Yeah, 4.4 4 billion, billion. kilometres, which is how far Buddy can run without bouncing the ball. <laughs> so when you think about it, that's, that's a... Like, so it's easier to fly a spaceship to the end of the solar system than oh, to coach Melbourne back in. God. So I just was like, oh, this is just the worst. And then I had to go on tour that week. Yeah. So... Naturally, the fans around the country were just super supportive. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> just bagging me in every town I so, got to. So does that mean you expect now that you've had that tough run and, you know, this this will make them uh, work harder in the pre-season, are you expecting to play finals in 2018? Well, I, I kind of am expecting it in one sense, but in the other sense, I'm very worried that with Richmond's success yep. that we are the new Richmond I worry about that. The way we missed it yeah, okay. was, oh. to quote Will Anderson, we, Richmond Richmond-y. So you think you're going to be ninth for a little while? Oh, look. Because Richmond, eventually, 37 years on, was a good story. <laughs> yeah, so we've been only trying since 64. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so not long. Not long at all. What did you think uh, Paul Rose brought to the organisation? He was there three years, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. I had mixed feelings at Rose. I think... He, I think he definitely stabilised it all. He definitely got a lot of... But he also got had a lot better players by the time he was there. Yes. you know, some of the players had come on that had come in in previous years. Mm-hmm. And, and I think the drafting is a bit better. I don't know if he was quite the... Big shoes to fill, Mark Neal. You don't just walk in <laughs> and expect to fix by Mark Neal. He was on a hiding to nothing, really. Yeah, yeah. I did enjoy how Paul Roos... One thing he did bring to the club is not almost looking like on the verge of tears in every press conference. Oh, that, that was a nice change. Mark Neal... Mark Neal got just a twitch. You're like, oh, fuck, he's going he's gonna to go ballistic. It was, yeah, it was watching he's someone... He's going to punch Robbo in the face. Oh, Keep was, going, Mark. Yeah, yeah. I was glad for our gun laws. Yeah. Was that too soon? No. Nah. Uh, but he did look like someone having a breakdown yeah. in front of our eyes. If you're... Sort of watch all those press conferences in real time. Oh, not good. So he was uh, he was an interesting one. But, yeah, I think Rose was good. I don't know if he was quite the messiah. And then when he blamed the fans for an air of negativity around the cub. That's right, yeah. I was, yeah. That really annoyed me because yeah. I was like... Don't be negative about it. Yeah. Yeah, three I was really year. negative about that. <laughs> I got really you down. threw your cheese platter on the ground. <laughs> I did stop, <laughs> spat out my grange. <laughs> but I was just like, oh, come on, we pay our money and turn up to this for like yeah. a decade of yeah. this nonsense. Like, you expect this not to be negative? What are we meant to be? Were you yeah. at the uh, 2000 grand final? Uh, yeah, and I was sitting with four Essendon friends. Oh, They're okay. not really friends, are they? No, they not anymore, especially. Yeah, good. It was brutal. It was absolutely brutal. Because I've heard you talk about it on your own podcast, but it was a 10-goal loss, and I'm presuming maybe five of those goals were in the last quarter. Would that be right? Yeah, but in the first... It was one of those games where in the first te- five minutes, you just knew it was all over. Okay. Like, Essendon were just pushing... 
Melbourne left, right, and centre. Well, because they lost in the prelim in '99, so everyone was like, Essendon are on. Yeah. They're not going to lose. They only lost to the doggies. They only lost to the doggies. And you guys beat Carlton. Is that the way you got through mm. after Cooter went down? And that was a that was a fun day. I remember that sure day it was. was fun. It was a lot of fun. But yeah, the grand final was just I was just numb and then just surrounded by. Bomber supporters. And yeah, and once Troy Simmons went down, you you guys were fucked. You can't win anything without Troy Simmons. <laughs> You've I actually saw that. him at the. Uh, really? I didn't speak. I just saw him at the uh, at the grand final this year. Really? Yeah, he was there walking Did around. He sell your footy record? He looked like yeah, that's right. Hot pie. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'll go the chicken salt things, <laughs> Troy. But he was. Uh, He's tall. That's one thing I'd say about no, him. Definitely, definitely, definitely stay tall. Definitely more tallness. Yeah. And you guys missed finals the next year. Is that right? Yeah. Since then, uh, it was, we had, you alternated, didn't you? Yeah. For a while. Then we, right? yeah, we did the one-off, one-on yeah, for years. Yeah. And then after, I think it was yeah, and then 2006 onwards, it was the a decade of just almost now 12 years so of absolute despair. They sent the satellite away. Yeah, you beat St Kilda in the elimination final. Yeah, Brock yeah. McLean fucking dominated that game. I was yeah. that game. Superstar Brock McLean. Yeah. He went uh, strength to strength after that. He could he could play Brock at times. Absolutely like, could. And the, that was the weird thing about Melbourne at the time. Like, no, Never so much talent being poured into an organisation only to not be realised. And something had to be going. Like, I, when you hear the stories, they were all eating junk food and not training. And Oh, that doesn't sound like the Colin Sylvia we know and love on this show. <laughs> so that was literally what they were doing. They were just the stories of how bad they were in that really? period. Just run as a club. So if you were a young kid and showed up there, yep. there's no doubt they ruined several kids. who Because everyone talks about how bad their drafting was, but I think a lot of it was just terrible like once you got in there which is why scully left because he went on that trip to china yes where everyone got so drunk that they couldn't play a full game remember they were playing yeah brisbane Brisbane. because fev went over and got smashed yeah and so they only played 17 aside because everyone was so hung over (laughs) oh god like that's how and so apparently um and i think someone i can't remember who it is but someone one of the melbourne players threw up on scully and that was kind of when he decided Gotcha. I'm out. And also, Dad needed a job too, so yeah, he had that's to. Right. <laughs> so, are you are you in a, in the camp of uh, you know Mark Neal ruined Jack Trengoth? Uh, he had a lot of injuries too, so I don't yeah. know if I dive straight into that. But I, w- I would say the club as a whole, whether it was Trengoth or others, I mean, none of them help. They didn't help them develop. I mean, Carl Morton played for what you know. Six seven years at Melbourne, he was and, was, four, and wasn't yeah, he? and he was a skinny uh, when he left. As yeah. the day you arrive, you just can't be going to the gym regularly, yeah, and stay that skinny. So, yeah, and he actually had talent. How he didn't be did half decent? Up? Did he end up a Frio or West Coast? Uh, he was he went to the Eagles, didn't he? Yeah, I think so. And but that didn't do anything. And then he, I saw he was playing suburban footy. After that, it's living the dream. Um, w- you would have been following it much closer, more closely than Adam and I uh, in the year 2000. What was Shane Wawoden's year like that year? Was he a Brownlow chance? Oh, uh, yeah, he was actually very good. What I, are you I, getting at, Michael? He won it. What are you saying? <laughs> no, no, yeah, was it, you know, did he come out of the blue? That's what I mean. No, like, I would have called him, like, one of the midfielders that was sort of thereabouts, you know? Yeah. Like, it wasn't impossible. And But the Brownlow's a ridiculous medal. It's never... It is unbelievably I, I, fucked, isn't it? Yeah, I'm massively anti the Brownlow. I don't yeah. think it's... What, you mean by the fact it's just a midfield, midfielder's award? One, it's a midfielder's award. Two, the umpires decide. It's just... You often look at the who wins it and they're not all... You know, it's not always the 
the who's who list, you know. So yeah. you can't win it as a defender or a key forward or something, which yeah. is ridiculous. Well, certainly not these days. No. Like, it was a bit of an anomaly back when Plugger won it and even how, how the fuck Dipper won one is beyond me. Because <laughs> <laughs> he spent all of his time. They would have they would have got to know him really well at the tribunal. <laughs> how, how, does he win, how does he genuinely win? They would just kept on writing his name down out yeah. of habit. <laughs> they go, oh, the game's finished. I'm sure yeah. I've got Dippy Dominica on a piece of paper somewhere. Um, tell me... Uh, uh, you did you did shows with Dane Swan. Yeah. Did were they only in Melbourne? Yeah, we just did two for the comedy festival. I don't know why it was. It wasn't necessarily meant to be part of the comedy festival. So I, someone said, "Oh, do you want to interview Dane Swan and do a sh- do it as a show?" And, and I said, "Oh, yeah, that's all right." So then it got announced, and then the promoters decided, "Oh, let's make this part of the comedy festival." Sure. Yeah. Like after the fact. So I was like. Which was fine. It all worked out. The shows were good and it was fun. And Dane's very funny. But it wasn't... It sort of was one of those weird ones where... Bit of pressure? Well, more it just wasn't... I started to get a bit worried that before it was launched that when it was being advertised and people get ringing going, oh, it's great, it's part of the comedy festival. And I was kind of like, well, it's really just me interviewing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know it's what not, I mean? It's yeah, not, Swanee and I haven't written sketches. Yeah, because that's what I think people thought it was to be like... Because a few journalists said to Swanee, so you're going to go out and do stand-up? Yeah. And he's like, no. <laughs> so we <laughs> were getting... Sportsman's night. Just had yeah, basically. Like, so anyway, I ended up doing 15-minute stand-up at the start yeah. just to sort of um, try and make it some bit of... And then, but then it turned out Swanee was really funny. Yeah, so that kind yeah. of... He, he's, he was hilarious, actually. So. And who knows what he did in that 15 minutes when he was out the back by himself. I mean, also, you shouldn't be too concerned about... Like, I mean, Adam's done heaps of comedy festivals <laughs> and he hasn't bothered to be funny. So <laughs> don't worry about it. Uh, I only asked if you did it in Melbourne because I just love, we love the idea of going on the road with Swanee. Well, we've talked about it, actually, because yeah. it sold Vegas, out... Vegas. Still show Vegas. Yeah, that's right. We <laughs> sold out two shows uh, on the same night. And then he, the other, we were, and so the promoter and others and his agent, I think, were quite keen to do a few more because they sold out really quickly. But then he was going to Coachella the next day. Oh, right. And then he was off for like, you know, because anyone who follows social media or the media yeah. knows he's been on a bender ever since. But <laughs> he's got his priorities. I'd never met him before the night. So he walked oh, in really? like about, yeah, about 20 minutes before we got on stage. And so. He and I have a chat, and he's like, you can ask me anything you want, don't care, blah, blah, blah. So I said, no worries. So then uh, they brought in our rider, which was this huge silver bowl full of about 20 carton drafts with ice in it. And I said, oh, I'll go out and do my bit. When you come out, carry that out because it'll get a laugh. Like, you know, it looks like it's just for you. And so he comes out and he plays it up and the crowd goes nuts. Because they're all there to see Swanee. You know, there's heaps of comedy supporters. Don't talk yourself down. No, uh, No, no, talk yourself down. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And and so then he says, um, oh, you know, these are mine or something. But then he proceeds in the first show to basically drink them. Drink the props, drink the whole thing. So he had about six in the first show while yeah. I had about one, yeah. just sipping it, you know. Yeah, yeah. And uh, professional. Then we go backstage and we have another, like, here's another couple while we wait for the next show to start. And then the second show was very loose. Yeah, fuck, <laughs> it would have been great to be in that second it, show. It was fun, That's but awesome. it was very loose. And, was, you it, know. was there anything he revealed that you just went, oh, fuck, I wasn't expecting him to talk about that? Uh, it was more like... He made, a, he made a lot of jokes. One of the funniest ones he talks about is uh, when he used to do his rehab sessions at the Lexus Centre, he'd put a bit of vodka in his um, water bottle while he was on the stationary bike. <laughs> and so <if> he tri- <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> so 
That was kind of interesting. But the thing about... He won a brown light. Yeah. He won a brown light. And dominated that year. Yeah. But when I was talking to him backstage, and it wasn't, I don't think I'm breaking any confidences, but I was saying to him, I'm trying to figure out all the horrible stuff you did that kind of makes everyone think you're some wild guy. Like mm. I, I was trying to think of well, scandals. Well, he was involved in that frack hunch uh, fracker at um, Fed Square. Fed Square. Oh, okay. But it, which was with Wayne Carey's cousin, who was a mate of his, and a couple other people. And, but even that, I went and read some of the court documents and the stuff at the time, and he, he was even acknowledged by the judge as being pretty... He ran back to help his mates who had sort of started this fight with some yep. bouncers. Yeah. But he wasn't really... It wasn't like he was doing anything particularly... Yeah. He was just there. He ran off at first and went back. Yeah. So he didn't do that. So he's in it. But he, his view of the AFL is they all have these stupid rules that are not about whether you're good at footy or not. They're just about the appearance. So he'd say like six days out from a game after he, you know, the night after a game, he, he'd love to, his way of blowing off steam was to go out and just get smashed. Yeah. But then he wouldn't touch it. Um, occasionally he said, like this rule, but not often. He, he then wouldn't drink again till the game. And he knew how to get himself right for the game. Mm. And so when they brought in alcohol bans and all this, he was just like, well, this isn't fair because that's how I de-stress when other guys have families and or yep. don't drink. So them and alcohol bans, nothing. So he got quite annoyed about that. So that's why he often broke it. And in his la- in Malthouse's last year, when they lost the grand final... The great Carlton coach. The great Carlton yeah. coach. He was... They were going to play over in Perth and Swan got caught going out and drinking six nights out and Buckley, who was assistant coach but had been named going to be coach because that wonderful transition they did that worked... <laughs> it's working a treat. ...worked a treat, said, don't... Uh, he said, if I was coach now, you wouldn't be playing against Perth. And then Mick came in and said, no one wants you to play but I'm not going to punish the rest of the team in a... I think it was the prelim. Um, wow. To... To, to, you know, punish you but punish the whole team. So you're going to play. Anyway, I had something like 37 possessions, kicked two goals, including the winning goal. <laughs> and that was his point. Like, what do you care as a football club? Yeah, how I prepare. How I, if I yeah. can do it. Yeah. I can't understand if there's other guys who can't handle it. But yeah. if I can do it, oh, why that's what are you I, doing it? That's what I asked of the West Coast Eagles in 2005 and six. It doesn't matter how they prepare. As long as they've they, taken the meth... Six days out. Six days oh, yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never, never, never the night before. <laughs> no, I, I don't know. Does cocaine help or not? Does it hinder or help? No. Can't say I've ever taken it and played a game of footy. Were there baseballers no, on? I've co- watched a game of footy. <laughs> <laughs> was it? Was it the greatest yeah, game yeah. of footy you've yeah, ever yeah, seen? I've ever watched. Yeah, I was very, <laughs> I was powerful that day. <laughs> Shall we look into the trade talk, Adam? Well, I think we need you to. You seem to be our purple in this situation. Well, no, I, I, I want to get uh, Titus's thoughts because Melbourne are heavily into the trade. Oh, huge, We've got huge. Jake Lever on a four-year deal and nothing's nothing's been agreed on. Well, Except I think, for Jake Lever coming to Melbourne. Yeah, that's right. Well, I think basically Jake said and his manager have said, find a deal with Melbourne or he'll go to the draft and you'll get nothing. So in, in which case, though, Melbourne are not guaranteed to pick him up, are they? Well, the only way they won't pick him up is if Adelaide decide, and there's a bit of anger between the two clubs. Yeah, Adelaide aren't happy. Yeah, if they decide, because they'd like to, if you're going to trade, like they'd want him to go to, you know, get three or four clubs all bidding against each other. But mm. he said, I'll go to Melbourne. If not, I'll just take my chances in the draft. So it's a game of, it's calling his bluff. So they either go, oh, you know what? Yeah. We'll send you to the draft then. But then they get nothing. Yes. So it's also Melbourne calling their bluff and going, 
All right, well, you want so it looks like they're going to get pick ten, and then maybe another player. Didn't they say don't come to the BNF? Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. But I, I get that. It's just like you've shat on your, the, your job, and so they go, mate, we don't want you back here. Like if you quit your job, walked out, they're not going to say show up to come the Christmas, Christmas party. party. <laughs> yeah, they go, mate, fuck off. We'll lay it on for you. Yeah, <laughs> which I completely understand that. Well, I think it's just every other club did invite the people in that situation. So they're the only ones. And I think the Adelaide Crows and the Crow supporters, it's it's like someone who keeps getting dumped. Yeah. So they had Tippett. It's, it's amazing, the people who have left. And then Dangerfield yeah. and then and then now Lever. And it's looking like Charlie Cameron wants out as well. Well, he's, he asked and they, he said, I want to go to Brisbane. Yeah. And they said, nah. But it was, uh, it was like I was saying last week, like in that grand final. Like imagine if uh, they had Dangerfield, they had Tippett, they had Jack Gunston, they had Tex Walker. Mm. They could have won that. <laughs> get shout. it? Get it? Yep. He, he didn't play well. Yeah. Okay, moving on. <laughs> Fuck you guys. Laughing <laughs> <laughs> at home. <laughs> so what are your thoughts on... So you're happy to have Lever, obviously. And it, oh, it's yeah. It's yeah. cost you first round pick, and they would say maybe you pick the second round. But I'd much prefer... I'd much prefer um, Lever than a first round draft pick, because Lever's a now a proven commodity Ready-made, where yeah. you're taking a bit of a risk on him. So, yeah. And, and, and ran pick round. 10. He was, yeah, he was almost like, what, pick? Pick 14, I think. Yeah, um, so he and and Melbourne liked him, so he he's a superstar, so he's going to be great if All we right. get him. So what happens with Jack Watts? Well, what do you want to happen with Jack Watts? Would oh, you want him back at your club? No, I want Jack to go. Yeah, this is like a bad breakup. This is sort of like watching Dawson's Creek or something. <laughs> it's sort of like everyone's saying, "Oh, Melbourne had treated this badly," but treated you know this has been badly held, handled by Melbourne. But there's no good way to tell someone you don't want to spend any more time with yeah. them. Yeah, no, that's right. You know what I mean? Like, it's, well, Jack- they tried. To, they tried to make him smarten up during the season. He got dropped for the JLT. He didn't play. Came back fat. Yeah, came back and he'd been. He thought he was at old Melbourne. Yeah, that's right. He's. he's <laughs> He enjoys like the finer things in life a yeah. bit, Jack. He said when they said do do the schnitzel, yeah, he went and ate them. <laughs> yeah. He went to the skinny dog <laughs> down in Q. Um, so like yeah, and Richmond have sort of shown unless you have twenty two guys that are insa- insane on the pressure. Yep. You can't really win. So you don't think Jack Watts is insane on the pressure? I thought he's <laughs> rabid. He's been rabid a couple of times. Is the problem with Jack is he's so good with. Yeah, he looks like he can do all these amazing things because he can. His decision making, kicking straight and stuff. Yeah. But you see him do some things. He's gotten better, but you know, you're just going. You can't do that at AFL level. Do you live in fear of Jack Watts going to somewhere like the Swans, who are renowned for turning people around? You know, people Swans around don't him. take him. You don't think they're going to take no. him? Do you think he'll end up at Port? Uh, I think he could. Add, I think he's more likely to try and go somewhere like you're like knowing his personality. Don't say Carlton, man. He's more likely to go. No, <laughs> no, I was going to say Geelong or something. You know. Oh, okay. Well, why would he want to go to Port Adelaide when he's sort of a? He likes the polo and things like this. Well, he's not going to go yeah. to Port Adelaide. He's not get that that in Alberton. <laughs> <laughs> that's right, in So I don't know. I reckon he's probably somewhere like that. But look, he's a good. He's a he's a decent one. But you need every other player to be. So the Swans already have Gary Rowan to play that role of can occasionally be brilliant, but is yeah. just going to occasionally go missing. Yeah, <laughs> they don't need another one. How long have Watts been around, man? Would it be 2011 or 2008? Yeah, like, didn't he start? Yeah, he's like yeah, he's, this is like his eighth, ninth year. Yeah. So it's a fair career, isn't it? Of really not much. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that in the nicest possible way. You've eaten out nine years of football. Yeah, well done. Yeah, but he's copped a lot. What about Jesse Hogan? There was talk this morning. So oh. we're, we're recording this on the Sunday. So he met with Fifey. 
That's that's what the article said yeah. this morning. Yeah. And then there was an article this afternoon that said he's not leaving Melbourne. Yeah, that's right. He said because he wants to stay. they said there was something I saw. He said he was annoyed at the way Jack Watts was being treated. Yes. So yeah. he said that's right. I'm going back home. No, apparently it's not true at all. He just it, he met. I, look, I think. Maybe Fifey had a pack of darts. Well, yeah, like, can, I, can I get a dart? And they're like, oh, they're chatting. <laughs> Five, so apparently it was a social catch-up, not a come here. Like, of course, Freya are going to always... Yes. Be rumoured to be They're into. like when you're dating a girl and there's just this guy hanging around yeah. all the time and, yeah. you, and you know you know he's into her and you, but you, you can't kind of stop it. Like, you're a bit powerless. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're going to see him, are you? That's what Melbourne are like. But also they, don't, they kind of know they're batting above their average so you don't yeah. want to, like, tell her she can't do something because yeah. you go, well, she might, I might push him into the arms of the other side. <laughs> so they're sort of walking this fine line of, like, no, it's fine. Yeah, catch up with him. So have the Eagles ever expressed... expressed an interest in Jesse Hogan? I think both Perth sides do. If I mean, they'd have him. For, yeah, yeah. If mm. they know he's up for grabs. But they've got Josh Kennedy and, and Jack Darling. So they kind of are not hugely in the... in the Just a requirement. They don't need him. No, Frio's always, you know, as you know, they've just never been able to get that... I mean, they have Pav, but yeah. that's it. Like, they yes. have, they've never... But why would you as a forward want to go play for Ross Lyon? It's not really... No, be a disaster, wouldn't it? It's not really, you know... You get to play in the new stadium every week, though. Oh, yeah. Hey, that's a lot of fun. Mm. 60,000 people. I drove past it when bridge. I was in Perth. It's amazing. Yeah? Yeah, did you hear the footbridge? They ordered it from Thailand and it, it just didn't show up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, that's true. People have to swim to the game now. Yeah. It's going to be quite difficult. They brought it on Thai Gun. No, they got like, like, <laughs> po- <laughs> they're giving them a one-star like, rating. Pontoons, like when they used to, uh, after just destroying a bridge in yeah, World, yeah, World, World War II. Yeah, <laughs> I think... Uh, I used to think Etihad Stadium had, had set new standards, making it difficult to get in. <laughs> but this Perth Stadium yeah. sounds like it's really <laughs> taking it up a notch. You know what I, re- I really enjoy, though, is uh, during pre-trade period, is when uh, a player does a tour of the club. Yeah. You know, they take him through the yeah. uh, the facilities, and you're like, what are you, what are you showing him? What's he saying? He goes, oh, you got a ground, have you? you go, oh, you got a gym. Oh, this is fucking unbelievable. <laughs> do, you get, do you get lockers here with your number <laughs> on it? What? And if you play 100 games, you get your little name tag. Oh, this oh, is unbelievable. Never seen this before. Because yeah. <laughs> uh, what's his name? Uh, Motlop's been touring everywhere. Yeah. He's gone to the Gold Coast. Yeah. I think he uh, may have visited Adelaide or Port. There was one player I can't remember now, like but they, going to they'd visited two places and they were very interested in the injury rehabilitation. I think it was Devin Smith mm-hmm. who has ended up going or has chosen Essendon. Who are renowned for not uh, playing ball during the <laughs> trade period? So who knows? You know, well, if Essendon, they can really—they got some great stuff to do with fixing injuries. <laughs> yeah, he was quite—he's quite impressed by that. He goes, "That guy, that guy couldn't walk yesterday. He's paraplegic now. He's done laps. This guy, Stefan. <laughs> this guy, Stefan Donk. You've got on the uh, payroll. He seems he like seems a really nice good. guy. I mean, his urine test burnt through the chest here, but <laughs> he's, he's fitter than he's ever been. Yeah, it's flying. So, do you, do you, you guys obviously think Gary Ablett will end up at Geelong? Yeah, potentially. I, I don't know. Like, if you're Gold Coast. I mean, if I was Gold Coast, I'd want him to get to go anyway. He's, he's, he hasn't been a good fit. He does what Gary wants. But what yeah. I find I find the bizarrest thing in sport at the moment is this Geelong fan's desperate for Gary to return. Yeah, he's 34. He's 34, and he left them for more money. Yeah. You know, like, it's it's like a Crows fan, so I'd say, in, you know, five years from now, let's get Dangerfield back for yeah, the yeah. memories, you know, but we're really happy about yeah. it. Like, let's get Kurt Tipper back. Yeah. <laughs> or they probably get him now. Yeah, I know. Let's pay him double the amount. But uh, what's the... I don't get the 
the romance. I know the Ablett name. I get the romance, I guess. But I don't. If I was a cat supporter, I'd be thinking: Do we really? Is this what we're desperate for? Just get Nathan Ablett. It'll cost you like eighty bucks a week. Cents on the dollar. Yeah, exactly. It's just you don't even have to worry about it. Could be one of those things, though. I reckon it could be a grand statement by the Suns if they just go. If they go and we're not happy with the deal, just going. No, yeah, that's retire. it. You retire, retire or, play or you retire. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Do you think that's what? Because uh, they got the new coach now, Stewie Jew. Yeah. Uh, do you think that's something he should do? Make a stand. Just go. No, we're not letting him go. He's still a gun player. Mm. Why would we just give him up? Why would we make Geelong happy? Fuck Geelong. Well, you'd probably be a bit annoyed if you're the incoming coach. And, you know, as Gary, uh, what's it, Rocket Ed said, you know, if he knew the trouble was about the place, he wouldn't have done the job. Yeah. But you'd probably be a bit annoyed if your captain walks out your not first day. Captain, mate. Well, you're captain. Former captain, captain and, yeah. and best player responsibility. walks out on the first day on the job. I like how he kept using his sick leave up in the last few rounds of the season, Gary Ablett. Every time he was oh. like, oh, my hamstring. Yeah, I, I can't sit on a plane for two hours. My, my hammy's tight. <laughs> mm. Yeah, that's why I think if you're the Suns, you want him go, gone. But it, what you'd want play a bit of hardball because you owe him no favours. So what do you care if he retires? Yeah. 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 Which is why they've asked for Mitch Duncan and Geelong gone, I'm giving you Mitch Duncan, mate. We'll give you a Darcy Lang, but you're not getting Mitch Duncan. Yeah, yeah. So, well, fucking, what do you want? You want him back. But it, I love every every off-season. There's all these threats. There's all these. And apart from, there's been a couple. Like, there was Carlton. And Gibbsy. And Gibbs. And then, I think, didn't GWS, Cam McCartney decided oh, not yes, to play sat, for a year. He sat out for a he year. He sat out for a year. So there have been a couple of examples, but most of the time it's all posturing. They all act like, yeah. you know, there's no deal to be done here and we're outraged. I mean, it's worked a treat for Xavier Richards. So, I mean, if he yeah, wants no, to... he held his ground. I mean, maybe Gary Ablett were playing, uh, maybe he played at, you know, I don't know, uh, University, University <laughs> next year. <laughs> Imagine that. You go out, you're like a 20-year-old uh, uh, university player. Commerce yeah. student. <laughs> <laughs> So the two-time Bradley medalist just sailed us up. <laughs> what about Luke Hodges of Brisbane? Are you okay? I'm okay. Clarko said he was gutted. Yeah, I'm okay. And Everett so gutted that he didn't even offer him another contract. Is it one That's of those? How gutted he was. Is it one of those coaching deals? So you're getting two years on the end of that as well. Hard. They haven't said that, no. but I mean... So it's like a one-year deal, two years? Oh, two-year deal, but they want him to kind of coach while he's playing. Yeah, yeah coach yeah, on yeah. the field. Because I mean, uh, Fagan said that he was watching the game where... I'm not sure who you... Maybe I think it was Adelaide when Adelaide? they showed the footage. Yeah, and he, he was when they marked him up. Yeah. Yeah. He rang yeah. up Swanee. He said, mate, you watching this? Yeah. And not Dane Swan. Yeah. <laughs> Greg Swan. <laughs> and said, yeah, I am. And he goes, we've got to get him on board. Yeah, okay. Uh, so I... Uh, well, Mitchell Lewis last year, obviously. I, I think the one person you kind of go, that is Hawthorne, is Hodgie. And you go, ah, I don't like the idea that you play at another club, but I would say, I understand it. And I'm good with it. But be Are you warned, okay with it? Be okay. warned. Um, there, there were Wi-Fi black holes in Brisbane. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> I've, learned that, I've learned that lesson yeah. this week. <laughs> Do you think he should get that written into his contract? There's a little bit of extra data. The data. Yeah. yeah. Get a dongle. Yeah. <laughs> they and should it, have that in comedy. You get, you know, when you're doing a stand-up show, you get an, an, a veteran comedian on stage to help coach you up there. Do the last Yeah, that was yeah. good. Fuck, I would love that. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, it's a bit disappointing. But he also did explain, you know, if I hung around, then I'd be taking the spot of a younger player. So we do need to get uh, games into these young ones. Yeah, right. And did they say to Ty Vickery, what, did you see what Hodgie did? <laughs> Ty Vickery got banned from the, the BNF, actually. He got asked not to come. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was actually surprised. I'm not with Tom Mitchell winning it, but um, like McAvoy came second, which I thought was a great effort by him this year. He had a really good season, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think it's... Uh, it's I, uh, I love it the best. My favourite was Collingwood's this year. 
Collingwood's uh, where they gave Jeremy Howe the mark of the year. Oh, okay. Oh, that would have made up for it. <laughs> yeah. it was so totally. Petty. That's that's not a participant award at all. Oh, it was just ridi- they did a big. They really did a big thing, and they put it out on social media like so proudly, God. like we've righted the wrong sort oh, of really? thing. It's like eh. <laughs> that's great. I remember yeah. Eddie's outrage about that, and it was a, a bit over the top. All by the, the logic, I go, "Are you really that appalled about mark of the year?" Well, ask me. Let me ask a question: Who won it last year? No one will be able to tell you who won it last year. Was it Jeremy Howe? Shut up. No one will be able to tell you. <laughs> I didn't, didn't Nick Nat win it. Shut got, up! Didn't you get a <laughs> year's worth of... We did run past the, the last weeks. 10 years. Yeah. Who won it the year before that? <laughs> 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 they, were, they were very annoyed, though. They, they really took that out. And I thought, well, that's, that's a good sign at a club. That that's what they're annoyed about. Yeah, no, it's, the, it's the big things at Collingwood. What did they give him? Did they give him a cheque or something? No, or? they gave him like a trophy and all that. Yeah. And Car. You tried, badge. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, the one thing that comes out of the back of the grand final is uh, every team is going to play like the grand finalist does. You know, yeah. you know, Hawthorne hung on to the ball, and this year it's manic pressure. But did you – you know, they talk about everything that happened during the season and little things that come out. Did you guys read about uh, – it was the Connect Four that inspired Richmond's way of playing? The Game Connect Four. The Game Connect Four. The Kids Game Connect Four. <laughs> so Damien Hardwick would say he'd play against his daughter – and whenever he would play against her, he would be on the attack, like trying to win it, and she would play defensive, and she beat him every time. No way. And he said, if you play a defensive way, so just not try to win the game, mm-hmm. you either you basically halve the contest. You don't win or you draw, but you never lose. That's and really he said, that's the way we have to play. Right. So if we get the red tiles, we just fucking load up <laughs> and play really shit boring Way, way of playing. I don't know. I, I'm not a huge Connect Four fan, but he was saying <laughs> he was saying she never lost. Yep, yep. she only ever uh, drew or won. So how old is she? Oh, I don't know. Like they, I think his daughters looked a bit older. One looked like she might be about uh, adulthood. Okay, and maybe man. one. No, he had a not photo. the one you looked at on Instagram. No, he had no, yeah, yeah, no, don't. Uh, he had a photo. <laughs> no, don't. no, but that's why he had no data. data left. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> he had a photo with the family on the ground yeah, yeah. with the cup. Mrs. Hardwick was there. Yeah, so they look a bit older. But I'm just thinking, Dimmer, like if you're getting beaten by a nine-year-old, like maybe that's more on you. Yeah. Well, there is there is that. So that, that's what they're saying. He was saying that uh, it came from Connect Four. That does it say something about Dimmer that? The premiership success, everyone's trying to give it to his wife or his daughter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, the brains, like everyone's like pointing out who, because they're also saying Blake Carousella was the brains behind it. Well, so it's like, he's changed everyone every, around him. Yeah, yeah. so basically, everyone, everything I read is how. Dimmer is not in the brains yeah. of the operation. They took, the hand, took his uh, hands off the wheel. Yeah, they they're looking to flag. give everyone else. Yeah. Well, Dimmer's next door neighbour, they gave him a medal. He got a medal, actually. <laughs> Did you guys, were either you at the game? I was, yeah. Yeah, it yeah. was they're pretty loud. That's the loudest I've heard the MCG, I reckon. It was pretty incredible, yeah. Um, uh, the week before, did you go the week before? The Which one? The, the prelim? The uh, GWS Richmond one. Uh, yeah, yeah. That, that was, was remarkable by the fact it was like 2,000 GWS fans. Yeah. yeah, that felt like a college game. But yeah, particularly in that, that um, I suppose, last quarter when they had it. Yeah. And the song was going on in different spots around the crowd. And yeah. Goes, Yellow and black. Yeah. Guy next to me was pretty edgy. He was really kind of twitchy and nervous and shaky. Mark yeah. Field was in the crowd, <laughs> was he? You know what he had? He had really bad breath too. How fucking close were you? No, a Richmond supporter. He'd look over, at the, he'd look over <laughs> his shoulder at the scoreboard and he'd kind of get, go past get me. Get a waft. I'm like, ah, stop it. Well, that's no good. 
<laughs> no, it was a good. It was huge. They though, they were just. It was messy by the end though. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Did you go down the Swan Street at all? No, no. I, I felt feared for my life. Yeah, no, didn't need machete. Understandably. So. Um, <laughs> Uh, so we did the grand final breakfast, the North Melbourne grand final we breakfast. We did, yeah, that and was then fun. You went off to a couple other gigs as well. Yeah, I did a. Um, oh, St Kilda kind of run it, but a couple other clubs do a lunch, like Brisbane, I think, or another one, and uh, North, I think, oh, not North, and I can't remember who the other one was, maybe. And they all put in and run one for sponsors and stuff. And so I did that, and then I did a Sydney Swans lunch. Yep. Over at the Pullman, so just over the road from the MCG. So it was good. So what kind of gear are you breaking out for a, a lunch like that? Uh, Fifteen minutes, all on, all on Troy Simmons mainly. Carl uh, <laughs> Morton, get a mention. Yeah, a bit of Carl Morton. <laughs> no, I do about fifteen minutes. Is, it's not quite stand up. They usually, you know, those corporate gigs always have a podium. It's a bit mm. more like a keynote address. address. Yeah. So I just went through the various spits of the season and who I thought was going to win and all that sort of stuff. So. And you pretty much have an act for that kind of stuff now, or are you writing it for each occasion? Well. That one I kind of could do the both similar for those two gigs because they're both on the same day. But I find, yeah, because I've done a lot of president's functions now for various clubs and stuff. And yeah. so if well, I did Port Adelaide over in Port when they played Collingwood in about around 21 or something. And that I wrote specifically for them, which I tend to do more often than not because mm-hmm. I found if I did something like from three months ago, footy just – it's. It's weird. Oh. Footy comedy is such a weird, and I've only ever done that. It's such a weird subset of comedy, where if you're you can't like do jokes about Richmond forever because of what's just happened. Yeah, of course. So oh, you, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. It's we should, should stop, ruined it. We should stop doing the podcast. Yeah, that's <laughs> what we're right. gonna do. You, so you got to rewrite it. But it's not like um, it's not like you know if you if you've got a good you know I see like really good standards and I have like a bit on a relationship or something. No, but that's where and that works. For years, you know, yeah, yeah, you know, unless they burn it on TV or radio or something, yeah, they can keep doing that bit forever. But me doing jokes about like when I did a president function, I did a bunch on the China game. Oh it. yeah, you can't then do. If I did that today, people would be going, "Yeah, why is he talking? Why is he talking about this?" But in terms of like Richmond winning, you can just do a Control F, find Richmond, yeah, replace with, yeah, <laughs> replace with Gold Coast. I'll give yeah, you a couple. Oh, that's a good joke. Right. Yeah. I'll give you a couple. You can have this and uh, pop this in your pocket. Let <laughs> no, me think. Uh, let me think. What was it? Uh, uh, yeah, usually footy club gigs are really you know, scary. You know, you're in a rickety old shed. You know, there's people with tats, neck tats. They got goatees. They got beards. That's the Port Adelaide ladies' luncheon, and. <laughs> Then also, I think it's back when Carlton was poor. And so it's like, oh, I did a gig for Carlton recently. Um, he's really worried about the gig. I mean, not worried about doing the gig, but front my check would bounce. Come on, come on. So it's stuff like this that uh, yeah, I'm surprised that Michael was doing that gig with you. Yeah. <laughs> the strength of that. The funny thing is I've done a few – so I do a lot of corporate ones or AFL clubs, like President's Functions or yeah. Coterie Groups. So I've done a lot of them. They're, they're all pretty – they go actually pretty well because they're all – one, they're all footy fans and – it helps, a, doesn't it? Well, I find like a lot of comedians I know don't like corporate stuff, but I kind of, I kind of fit that because it's sort of satire, and yeah. so they kind of get into that a bit more. I struggle at the just the footy clubs. I've done a couple of them, yeah, like country or oh, uh, so I've done some suburban. suburban ones, but like I did one and and they had me and I was doing it as a guest for a a, a friend asked me to do it, yeah. so I did it for him. It was his footy club, and it was me and Billy Brownless, <laughs> peas in a pod, peas in a pod, yeah. and uh, Billy was nice when I met him and you all didn't that. Touch but his I didn't touch bullet, did you? <laughs> yeah, that's right. You shouldn't do that. But he, uh, so I get up and. I do like five minutes just 
they were interviewing me more than, but I did about five minutes and, you know, I'm doing satirical insights. <laughs> yeah. And the footy club, it, it was getting mild laughs. Like, yeah, it wasn't like yeah. bombing, but it wasn't like, you know, killing either. It was fine. It was fine, you know. You got your dick out then. Yeah, yeah. Well, then, then <laughs> Billy Brownless gets up after me and uh, he's like, hey, good day, guys. You know, he's all over yeah. the top. You know, he's very good at this shtick. And then he goes, oh, uh, and he'd asked before we went on who the captain was. And he's like, say the guy's name's Mark or something. He goes, hey, Mark, uh, here he hasn't been with a lady for about two years. And the whole joint laughs. <laughs> like, it is the greatest joke in the history yeah. of time. Oh, like, it is. Mark, can't get a root. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. fucking good. That's good gear. Yeah, yeah. And so then he goes on and just. Fuck you, Mark. He just goes around the room and he goes, oh, here's the, here's the women's, the, na- no, the girls' netball table. And he makes some, you know, joke about that. Yeah. And the, he didn't they, say, oh, the strippers are here. It was always like that. And he is just killing. Yeah. And I'm like, this is not my. Yeah. This is not my scene. Oh, I, when, you, I, when you see a honed sportsman's uh, set, you just go, that is fucking, like, next level. Apparently, Tony Shaw has a ripping one. KB has a killer. Really? Yeah. But I'm always surprised at what gets a laugh. Like, Don't be surprised. It's a local footy club. Do you know Don't what I mean? You kind of always reward, like, when you talk to comedy people, they kind of, you, they reward, that's a really clever joke. Yes. Like, that's, that you can see the... The work that's gone into yeah, it, yeah. and these are almost like the opposite. It's like the most obvious. Yeah. Yes. But it, but it's what the punters want. So yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, I kind of, and they're good at it. I can't do it. I'd yeah. be too like. Well, you you would be of that uh, mindset where you're like, ah, oh, it's too easy. It's too obvious. too obvious. You and know. Then, and then he shat in my bag. And yeah. like, Woo, you go, oh, take it easy, fuckheads. Yeah. I'm out of here. You're shit in the bag, but it's really good. No, I know, I know. Yeah. You, you're, I mean, you've I had got so many levels to it. Yeah, yeah. It's clever. <laughs> How did you get into this line of work? So, are you are you full time? Now I am. Now? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I started. Um, well, I I just started a blog yeah. as a. So I was one of those guys that sort of got in the corporate world from early on. I'd always liked comedy, but I'd never... I don't know why. I think because I finished high school, went to uni, and then while I was at uni, I started working. I got a, a job, so I was doing both. And then my career kind of... You're not special. I worked in a bottle shop, so... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so my career sort of took up early. That was kind of good. So I was like, oh, this is great. Like, you know, they... You know, you get paid well and all that. So I thought, well, this is good. And then I got to my 30s, and I suddenly was like, I haven't done anything fun or creative yeah. writing wise yeah. into high school and that was what I used to like and so I started this blog as like what I'll do is I loved Bill Simmons you know from Grantland yeah. and, and I thought I'm going to try and just not expect anyone to read it I'm just going to write some not comedy pieces they weren't like just footy pieces think pieces yeah kind of yeah. like or blogging pieces with a humorous footy. bent maybe uh, only do, like Bill Simmons can be funny but if people read his stuff he's not like he's not doing it for the game. It's sem- it's semi it's quite serious, but yeah. then with a few light moments thrown in or or pop, or pop culture references or something. So I wasn't exactly copying that. So I wrote two pieces that were sort of serious pieces, which no one read. Yeah, no good. No one, not even my parents. I was <laughs> <laughs> like, this is. But I wasn't doing it for. And then so then I wrote. Hang on, your parents are not a good gauge, by the way. No, no. To, to hope that they'll find a blog. They were in Brisbane at the time too. Yeah, right. get there, couldn't get online. <laughs> I just kept telling me about Dimmer's daughter the whole time. Uh, so then, uh, so then I wrote, I wrote this one, which I, which just 
it sounds like sounds stupid, but it is that like finding your voice thing that everyone tells you, but yeah. you think is nonsense when you're not in it. But when you're in it, you start to realise you sort of work out what works for you. So I kept doing it just as f- for fun, and because no one was reading it, I was like, well, there's no pressure. Yeah, it's not like I. I'd started a Twitter account uh, just to prom- like to tweet stuff out about it. So when it would that be? About this is five years ago. Oh, okay, not that not, not, not that, that long ago. ago. Yeah. And then um, then I wrote this one called. I thought, oh, I'll write something about hey, because someone told me that their kid has grown up a Collingwood supporter and they were a Carlton supporter and they were a um, they were a Essendon supporter or something. And so we were having a joke about like, what a failure of parenting that was. <laughs> so I went home and wrote a piece called The Constant Fear of Raising a Carlton Supporter and it was all about how you indoctrinate your kids and it was a bit more of a funny piece. And that kind of like did well, like not didn't go like massively viral. But I sort of thought, oh, this is something. I'll start writing. Like, an angle you enjoyed. Yeah, and yeah. I enjoyed it writing it because it wasn't like... And then I realised, like, every guy with a blog in Melbourne writes that serious trying to be Robbo or Damien Barrett or thing, and you read it and it's all the same. Well, you realise no one gives a fuck about your opinion. Which is what... Remember we did a pilot for this. Oh, I thought you were about to say, did we do a blog? No, no, no. We, we did a pilot for this before the first one went out, and we kind of... We did a little bit of analysis and talked about what we thought the season oh, was right, going to yeah. unfold, and both of us after we were like, who gives a fuck? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's no right. No one cares what we think. Yeah, we did, like... We kind of had, like, serious answers. Like, yeah, what are you yeah. fucking doing? We've got to talk about the footbridge. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. right. There's and no mention of chickens on here at all. <laughs> and then the funny thing is, if you are funny and people entertain, then you can slip in, like, yes. a bit of insight, and people go, oh, that was... That was actually, and they'll say, "Oh, that was actually insightful." And you go, "Oh, was it?" Well, I think, I think too. Then your uh, knowledge comes through because you can't, uh, you can't fake that. So no, you got to be your history. You, yeah, you got to be into football. Yes. Like you can't, you can't the, pretend that. Bit. And you got to love it too. You can't just like because some people came to me, "Oh, you're very negative about football," but other people say, "You know, you can tell you 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 really actually do love it." Well, you've it's, suffered through it's, it. It's, it's the suffering. Yeah. But also, don't you find most of your friends like the media covered football like. They bag at themselves in a negative way, but then they also turn around and act like everyone's wonderful. Yeah. Like, the fact Wayne Carey's on Seven's coverage is normal. Like, <laughs> they kind of... There's all this stuff they do that's kind of... When everyone else you talk to says the stuff we say... Yes. We're not saying anything, like, even... Like, it's just what your mates say. They go, yeah, he's an idiot. That guy's... Like, Cameron Ling says everything obvious. But the media, like, don't do that to each other. Because well, they protect each other because they're all in the same Yeah, thing. it's a club. Like, no one has ever openly called out Liam Pickering until we came along. <laughs> it's not going to be an easy ride anymore, yeah, Liam. Yeah, exactly. When you were at work, yeah, because you're quite a prolific tweeter. Yeah, yeah. Did you have the boss ever come in and goes, "Hey, mate, get your fucking head back on the job"? No, I've well, seen you post twelve times in the last hour. Yeah. No, well, I'd worked in I worked in a job that I well f- when I very first started, I was working somewhere and. We used to just have these insanely long... Because anyone who works in corporate world will know this too. You're in meetings that just are pointless and go forever. And so everyone's on their phone doing email. So no one would even necessarily... And most people back then didn't know it was me, that I was doing it. They didn't really care. And then I um, set up my own consultancy doing work. So when you do that, you're either working or you're not. And you can kind of balance your own work. So... I, I just had the flexibility. Mm-hmm. And then it just started to become more, you know, I was doing it all the time. <laughs> it just started to take off. Oh, you're is, it a, is it a thing you set out to do? Are these the ideas that come to you? Or are you like, no, I have to put out, I want to put out 10 tweets today? No, it was, 
I want to get the likes. I want to get retweeted. Yeah, I want, I, I want validation. <laughs> God damn it. Love me. Love me. <laughs> what, what? 10 retweets. This is fucked. And are there ones where you go, fuck, that deserved better? Yeah, well, the, right, the thing that, the thing that, well, Tansy first got, is like, when I started, I had no, I genuinely, and I think this is why it worked, I genuinely had no thought that it would go anywhere. Yeah. I thought it would be a sideline hobby that if five people read it, whatever. Like yeah, you did it, it for the fun. I did it purely for the yeah. fun. And I genuinely thought I'd do it for two weeks and get bored of it because that's what I normally do with anything I've ever started in terms of a hobby or anything, yeah. Yeah. you know. So that was my viewpoint at the time. But then when it started to, you know, re- relatively quickly, I'd tweet and it started to go, like the numbers started to climb. And so once that starts happening, you do start to get a bit addicted to it. Like Totally. You know, it's, the, it's like being on stage. You get one laugh and you're kind of hooked. If you, if you can get a laugh. Which is what happens, Michael, uh, if you get a laugh. I was about yeah, to say, one day. Was about, do, you know that, do you know what that's like, Adam? <laughs> um, you know, you kind of crave that. So you do, it is a bit addictive, like you start to um, want to do that. But then, yeah, I, didn't, I said a thing I always tried to write two or three pieces a week for the blog. So I think you kind of need to have that discipline just to get yes. good. Yeah, um, it's a bit like doing stand up. If you, you know, you'd, anyone can maybe craft once a year a five minute bit. It's having to do it all the time. Oh, week in, week out. Yeah, you're, right, you're right about the discipline. Yeah, so I started to have that, but then yeah, then people started to expect things to happen. So I sort of did start to feel once you had a bit of audience, you were like, yeah. But you have times where you're going through, and every tweet you do, you're like nailing it. And you go, oh, I'm, I'm on here. And yeah. then other times I'll go like a week and they'll all just pretty much bomb. Like Jack Watts. <laughs> yeah, and you're going, I just got to work through my funk. <laughs> <I've gotta laughs> you, are there people who don't get what you're doing? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you think yeah. you're real? There's a, I get all sorts of... Um, I Because it's sarcasm and in the written word and sarcasm. Yeah, yeah. So I've had some like pretty big... I've had some. Most of the time, people get it, but yeah. then I've had people like I did one when the soccer is qualified for Brazil. Yeah, I said, "Oh, finally, my Spanish lessons pay off." Yeah, right. And then I got all these people going, "You idiot! They speak Portuguese there." Yeah, sure. And that was fine because they were just yelling at me and not getting the joke. But yeah. then I had. I mean, it's not the worst tweet about a soccer match I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah, 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 I know. I've heard someone else do. <laughs> I don't think you've been superseded, haven't you? Like. Uh, Jules Schiller, after his one, probably got more oh, soccer yes. hate. Oh, no, that, that yes. I needed that. You needed that? <laughs> yeah, bit, yeah. I needed someone else to come I along. spoke to him about that the next day, I think. And he was like, <laughs> that show they did. So that was... that, the thing you're talking about is the Australia v Liverpool game in Sydney? Yeah, yeah. That, where they were underneath the speaker and uh, it wasn't well received from soccer fans. The soccer fans, though, they I wrote a piece once per, like which was making fun of the way journos especially News Corp, cover soccer. Yeah. And so the headline was, um, soccer is the greatest threat to this country since communism. <laughs> and then I wrote all through yeah. about, like, like deadpan serious about how it was tearing communities apart and all this <laughs> sort of stuff. Anyway, a bunch of people on soccer, online soccer forums, completely got it and, like, were going, this is brilliant. Yeah. But the other half were like, we're going to find your family <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and kill every last one. So they bury it hard. They're not like... I found that out. I found yeah, I footy fans aren't... The, footy fans think they're hardcore. Uh, AFL fans yeah. aren't. Oh, AFL fans, they, they're weak. Dude, they they really, couldn't give a fuck. They're, they're kind of like... They just can't be bothered being that passionate. No, they just... They're just like, oh, we'll ring it SEN. I couldn't give a fuck. They don't have a chip on their shoulder for years yeah. and years, you know. I think it was about 10 years ago, and I don't even think it was... I think it was South America. I don't think it was even a professional league, but there was... a, a 
referee that you know they didn't like his decisions, so the crowd beheaded him. Yeah. They ca- and, but, and I think yeah, they tell even, me you I think they even stuck it on the stuck it on a pole. But like, if you saw some of like his a, decisions, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you've never thought about doing that to raise a race. We'll wrap it up shortly. Okay. Uh, before I go though, uh, Jeff's back. Oh yeah, Jeff Kenneth. Jeff Kenneth. Oh, fuck. That's amazing. How are you guys feeling about that? That is amazing. How, how, how did you cope with all that? Like, your, your team fell apart within, like, 24 hours. That's tumultuous, yeah. Like, so the CEO CEO's goes, gone. B- president goes, the board member resigns, yeah. Jeff's going to come in, my mail is, <laughs> <laughs> he's going to shuffle around the board a bit more. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's quite incredible. And yeah, you how do you reckon Clark And we're not, not going to hear a word from him. I suppose he was there during a, during a, during a pretty successful period. Yeah, but even then he was fucking a big mouth. Or yeah, and there's a lot of people that reckon he had far less to do with the success than than, what than he, he likes to believe. Than he likes to believe. Yeah, sure. I mean, I kind of think with Hawthorne. I mean, one, I can't get over the fact that Richmond are premiers and Hawthorne are in chaos. Yeah, I do love the idea. It just idea. doesn't make sense to me, like, how we're in this world. It's great, though, isn't it? Oh, yeah. It is great to see Richmond, uh, sorry, Hawthorne fall. I do bar. love the idea, though, two years since we won the flags, like, we're, we're in trouble, we need to shuffle things around. Yeah. It's chaos. Yeah. Two years. But oh, well, it'll be three years next year. <laughs> yeah. Right out time. This is, how the, this is how the drought starts. That's how they get to Pluto, mate. Just one, one year at a time. <laughs> the book is entitled A Thoroughly Helpful History of Australian Sport. It is... I think a, it's unhelpful, mate. Uh, yeah. Sorry, unhelpful. Sorry. It's in-store October 31. You can pre-order it now at titusoreilly.com. You can, yes. I'll even sign it if you do that. And you get it actually ahead of time if you order it through the website. And just ignore the hideous blackface photo on the back. Yeah. Very, yeah. very irresponsible. It's a complimentary. Like, why do people think differently? You can get through Penguin Books. Thank you uh, so much for joining us, Silas. Any time, guys. Go Hawks. Go Blues. Go Dees. Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.